Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 170 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out the episode. I'm going to be looking back at round 10 as well as some of the big news items from the early part of this week. Now, don't forget that if you want to get a shout-out for your local footy club, you can do that uh, for an upcoming episode by dropping me a note via email or shooting me a message over on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I love being able to highlight these and learn a little bit about these clubs as I dig into each episode. Now, the club of the episode this week are the Irrimple Swallows Football and Netball Club. And the club was established in 1903, and they became a mem- founder member, I'm sorry, of the Mildura Football League and have now been part of the Sunraysia Football Netball League since 1945. Today, the club's home base is the Henshelwood Oval, and they've got a number of different teams at different age levels and both uh, boys and girls that are playing. Now, this weekend, the club has their largest fundraiser of the year going on, uh, with the grand prize being $6,000. I won't be there to buy a ticket, however. Uh, They're also going to be awarding to someone 125 pounds of yabbies. And if you listen to a recent episode, I now know what yabbies are. So best of luck to the Swallows with their fundraiser on the 28th and with the rest of their season. So go, 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 Irrimple. Now, folks, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I do hope that you'll consider checking it out. You can leave me a voicemail there. You can share your views on an issue. You can get signed up on the mailing list as well. If you want to have new episodes come out to you as soon as they're available, love getting them to you in that way. Also, if you want to help out the show, you can do that uh, by clicking on the Buy Me a Coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner of the page. Or if you're interested in any of the podcast gear, you can click on the Redbubble store page under the store button up at the top of the website as well. Now, folks, last week I told you I had something really exciting I was looking forward to doing, and it didn't happen. So I need to issue a couple of apologies. Uh, Not that... I precluded anything from happening. It just, uh, things being what they were this past weekend, it just was not conducive me to, uh, to me heading out and doing what I was hoping to do. And as I'd alluded to, I was planning on making the trip to our state capital, Columbus, Ohio, which is about a two hour and 15 minute drive, uh, to go watch, uh, three or four footy games, of clubs from the USAFL, uh, the, Ohio Valley River Rats, the Columbus Cats, and the St. Louis Blues. And I'd reached out to each of these clubs and had mentioned that I was going to be there and I was hoping to sit down and do some uh, short discussions with some of the the athletes from these clubs. Well, I didn't end up going. One, well, for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, I did not sleep very well the night before because I was up watching the Cats game. So that's always a, a bit of an issue there. Um... Two, gas prices here have become astronomically high. Now, I know they're significantly lower than what they are in Australia, but for us who happen to have 
vast amounts of oil available to us here, uh, well, we're not getting a whole lot of it to market here. So our gas prices have more than doubled in the last year. Uh, I think as I drove home today, I passed the gas station or the petrol station. It was $4.49 for a gallon of gas. I've been reluctant to, to fill my lawnmower gas can. I'm still finishing off gasoline from last summer. Uh, and I'll use every drop of that before I go out and buy any new gas. So, But I stayed home partly because of the gas, but also because uh, my wife had um, hinted that she wanted to get the um, garden beds in front of our house cleaned out. Now, I had looked at the weather forecast. I knew that the weather was going to be lousy on Sunday, but I knew it was also going to be lousy on Saturday night. We were going to get massive thunderstorms. So I was going to be driving home through a couple of hours, if not more, of very heavy thunderstorms on my way home. And it was one of the other reasons I decided not to go. But the garden beds were an absolute mess. They needed to be cleaned out. So I went ahead and did that. She had said, no, I'll take care of them. Well, if you know my wife, gardening is not something that she enjoys doing at all. Um, she loves to cook. She loves to bake. She's very much into... Uh, knitting, crocheting, things of that nature. Just, But gardening has always been my domain, my realm, if you will, around our house. And, uh, well, I decided, you know what? I didn't want to um, have her have to do something that is typically my role, if you will, my job. Uh, and it's actually a good move because as I'm going through and digging out the weeds and getting the, the little patches of grass and the dandelions, which have these insidious tap roots, which will go down 6, 8, 10, 12 inches into the earth, which you've got to get the entire tap root out or it will grow right back. Uh, as I'm digging through these things and turning over the soil, I also unearth a massive ant mound uh, of red ants in uh, they're not the fire ants that we have in the southern part of the country which are extraordinarily vicious but these nonetheless are are pretty vicious all on their, their own and i ended up with dozens and dozens of bites and stings all over my hands and arms as well as my legs um and the snake was a bit of a surprise as well as i was cleaning out an old pot uh from a plant that had that had not made it through the winter because nothing's going to survive that's in a pot over the winter here. Uh, as I'm pulling the old plant out and getting ready to dump the soil into the garden, I had about an 18-inch uh, brown snake, which is a non-venomous snake, uh, had, had found that pot to be a rather nice domicile. So he fell out on my foot, um, kind of slithered, slithered away, and I scooped him up and put him into the uh, wagon that I had the the garden debris in that I was going to be disposing of in my uh, mulch pile at the back of my property. And I went about cleaning out the rest of the garden. I put a new few new plants in and I thought to myself, I'm not a huge snake fan, but I'm, I'm not going I'm not going to get rid of this snake at all because I know that this snake is something that will eat slugs and will eat ants and that sort of thing. So I, I actually wanted him to go home back to his garden. So I began to fill the uh, wagon, the cart that I had the debris in uh, with water in hopes of getting the, the snake to displace himself. And I know I'm getting way off track here. And the snake ultimately did. He crawled out of the, the wagon, 
the cart dropped down about 10 inches down to the ground into the grass and I never saw him again. So hopefully he is back in my garden hiding underneath something and chowing down on all of the slugs and as many ants as he cares to eat in my garden. So Mr. Snake, good on you, sir. Um, so again, uh, cats, river rats and, and blues. I apologize that I was not there. I did hear that the, the weather there was not great as well. This was a huge storm cell that had rolled through here. Uh, some extraordinarily heavy thunder uh, and lightning that came through here. I actually had some water that had uh, got up under the siding of my house and it uh, started to leach through the ceiling in my bathroom as well. So it was overall a wonderful weekend in terms of, of that sort of thing. So I missed out on footy this weekend. I did watch most of the games uh, this weekend, but uh, I'm not, I've not given up on going to watch you know local footy here in the U.S. I mean, I absolutely want to do it, but it's, it's just the gas prices are just crazy right now. And and my wife is also heading out of town to go visit uh, one of our kids this weekend too. So wanted to set aside a little money to allow her to do that. So I, I did get a really nice note from uh, a very good friend of the podcast from down in the state of Georgia, Jim White. And I had Jim on uh, last year, I believe, to help preview the Eagles. And uh, he said, Craig, I listen to many footy-related podcasts, but I always ensure to that I listen to yours. It's obvious you have a passion for the game. I also love the game and watch it usually at least half of every single game each week. Now, these are his words here, not mine, but... I, I think many of us that are that are watching the games this year are probably going to nod our head in agreement with this. Again, he's an Eagles supporter. Uh, he says, the team I barrack for sucks, but they are my team. Uh, thanks to you and your podcast, I've met several West Coast Eagle fans wishing me well after my open heart surgery. And I did drop a note on a couple of the different discussion boards about that. Uh, as supporters, we do not all agree what direction we'd like to see the Eagles go. And I think that can, in my little editorializing here, I think that could be the same for any fan base, any supporter base for any club, that there's there's things that we want to see done with our club that maybe only 10% of the, the supporters want to see done, and the other 90% don't want to see that. Because, you know, you know, for example, as a cat supporter, there's a lot of people who want to see us start to play some of the young guys. Well, we're going to be getting to see that because it looks like Patty Dangerfield is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Um, now, as he said, but I can appreciate the passion each supporter has. That said, probably the one thing that attracted me to the most of the AFL is the supporters for each team. You know, Americans love our sports teams, but I have seen nothing like the support these AFL clubs receive. I can assure you that if I lived in Australia, I'd go to all the games I could. And I have no doubt that that would be the case. So um, he said, keep up the great work. Uh, thanks for helping me become an AFL supporter, Jim. So, Jim, I, I'm so glad to hear that you are you're doing well. I know we, we do trade emails from time to time. Um, but yeah, it's I, I. I'm just here, you know, doing my small part to try to, you know, tell people about this wonderful game, and I'm so glad that you found it, that you've discovered it, that you have a club that that you love, and if you're an American listening to the first time, I strongly encourage you to check out the game. There are games on FS1, FS2 right now. If you happen to have Fox Soccer Plus, most of the rest of the games are on there either live or on delay. Uh, but set your DVR and check them out because you're. I think you're going to be overall rather imp impressed by the the activity of the sport. Now, I'm going to complain about something here in just a moment. And many people who have been supporters for a long time have some things that they're uh, disgruntled about 
and are hoping to be, and I don't know if this is actually a term, but is it possible to become gruntled? If you're disgruntled, can one become gruntled? I, I just, I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it's just, there are some things that are happening right now that, that are just very frustrating. Now, I, I did absolutely love to see the, uh, the, the terrific images of the uh, welcome to country ceremonies uh, during the Sir Douglas Nichols rounds, just beautiful things going on there. The, the music, the, 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 the reverence that was paid, um, by the people involved in this, just, it's just beautiful. And I absolutely, I absolutely loved seeing it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled by that. Now, getting to the games of this week and there, and there, quite frankly, there were some, there were some good quality games. Hawthorne and Brisbane was a great game. However, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think the officiating, the umpiring that game stunk. It was awful. It was awful. Over 60 free kicks given in that game. Um, and I, a commentator, and I believe he's from Channel 7, maybe it's Channel 9, by the name of Adam Cooney. And I found a quote that somebody had posted up on Twitter, and I copied and pasted the image here. And I want to make sure I read this accurately here, because crowds right now, I guess, are at the lowest level that the AFL has had in 25 years. But it sounds like the television ratings are very high in Australia, that, that people are watching on television, but they're not getting to the game. So, you know, he said that people, you know, forget COVID, people are not going to the footy because the rules have been tweaked to a point that it's turning fans away from the game. Some of the free kicks and 50-meter penalties that are being paid are so frustrating. It's also filtering down to community levels with umpiring. Hashtag tough watch. Now, I... I don't have the firsthand knowledge with the community or the local footy. I know there have been shortages of umpires. I, I, that same sort of thing is happening here in the United States uh, with regards to umpiring uh, different activities, different sports, whether it be soccer, uh, gridiron football, baseball, softball, wrestling, all sorts of different things. You know, we, we, ha we have, and I don't think this is so much an issue at the AFL level, but at the, at the school scholastic level, because again, much of our youth sports are directly linked to the schools. Okay, yes, we have we'll, we'll have summer baseball leagues and summer soccer leagues and that and you know what's called AAU basketball, where kids who are who perceive themselves to be really good basketball players will go play in like a summer basketball league. In fact, we just built a huge new basketball facility here in the city where I live that allows many, many games to be played simultaneously. And it goes along right with a, uh, uh, a, about a dozen different baseball and softball diamonds that they have there as well. But, you know, I, I, I think it probably at the local level, at the community level, do you have the vitriol that comes from parents at footy contests that you would see in games here in the United States. I mean, you can, you can hop onto YouTube and you can find, you know, youth baseball and you can see, you know, out of control parents and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, and I had one incident like that many, many years ago, uh, it was one year that I didn't happen to be coaching. And it was, a it's actually a year that my son was playing his, uh, he'd switched travel teams at the end of his first season. And, and, it was an instance where my father-in-law was in town and he lived about a 20 hour drive away. And it was going to be the only time that he was going to, he was going to get to see my son play baseball in person. You know, he'd see photographs 
that sort of thing. But it's gonna be the only time he got a chance to see him in person. And I and I I mentioned this to the coach, and this was not a large team. Yeah, I was helping out with doing the statistics book and everything for this club, and he he assured me, yep, he's I'm gonna get him into the game. He's gonna definitely get you know he's gonna definitely get to play. So, um, well, he was the only kid on the club that did not play that game, and I was. What's the term I'm looking for? Pissed. That's the word I'm looking for at the coach about this because, you know, and again, I, I've coached for many, many years. Um, but once I got out of, once I left coaching, I, you know, I'm an announcer now, so I announce games. But when I would watch my my son play baseball for, you know, teams that I was not supporting, I I, I know there were parents, you know, and I didn't, I didn't say anything during the course of the game. I, I, I questioned his decision after the game and he was like, I screwed up, but it, it didn't make it any different. Um, but I, uh, I will go sit out beyond the, the outfield fence several hundred feet away from where most of the action is happening and where most of the parents are sitting, because I know, I mean, I've seen that I I've witnessed it, you know, firsthand. And I guess for that one slight moment, I was part of it uh, where, you know, Parents will direct their vitriol towards uh, the umpires if they don't believe they're doing a good job, uh, or the coaches if they think their their kid should be doing something differently. Or sometimes they'll they'll work on trying to coach the kid during the course of the game. So I don't know if that happens at the community level for footy, but you know I, I got to be honest with you. And again, yeah, the the umpiring. This weekend, and especially like the Lions and Hawks game, I think was 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 horrendous. It was awful. It was awful. You know, I think it darn near ruined what was a great contest. You know, that Lockie Neal free kick for the little push into the chest. Is that what this game has become? If that's going to be a 50-meter penalty, you know, I, I, I worry about this game. And I worry about me and, you know, me being able to say, you know, in every instance that I possibly can say that this is the greatest game on the planet. If that is the way that that type of a situation is going to be legislated, I don't know if that is the greatest game on the planet. You got to let them play a little bit, okay? The little pushing and shoving that is something that is part of the game. There, there wasn't a punch to the head. He wasn't slammed into the turf. It was a little little jab into the, the, the solar plexus. It was an, and it was actually a returned one. So let them play the damn game. Now, yeah, I know Switkowski got suspended for a couple weeks for that that chicken wing tackle, and and that was warranted. But, you know, the these fifty meter penalties when the offensive players are running their defender through the zone, the umpires can't pick up on that. You know, and and I and I know that you have the three main umpires out on the ground, but then we also have the boundary umpires, and a lot of this, and maybe maybe we need to. Maybe we need to. Uh, um, maybe we need to give the boundary umpires a little bit more responsibility. Maybe allow them to make some of these types of calls. I know they're they're dealing with simply the ball crossing the boundary line. You know, why can't they have a little bit more say so? You know, in terms of being able to to legislate some of the stuff. Now, and again, I guess that could lead to more free kicks and that sort of thing. But if you're seeing the defender being run through that zone who is not actually stopping that player from being able to take their kick. I, I, I think that that 50-meter penalty is massive. I, I maybe And I know somebody had said that it used to be shorter. It used to be 25 meters, 20 meters, something like that. 
Do we need to shorten that up? Okay, I, I don't know. I think maybe we do. Now, I will say one thing I did see that happened this weekend, and, it, and it's almost as though it's almost as though uh, Brad Scott's office at the AFL house has a dartboard, and each of the twenty numbers has a different, and maybe there, maybe the one rule is in multiple locations on the dartboard. Uh, but it's almost like they throw a dart at the dartboard and, and say, let's emphasize this rule this week. You know, we're going to emphasize the stand rule. We're going to emphasize, you know, you raised your arms up and you, you know, that was umpire abuse. Well, this week it seemed to be the, uh, the running more than 15 meters without taking a bounce. And I did see where they missed one of those because somebody did make a bounce, but you know, guys coming out of the goal square after a behind, and running for 25, 30 meters before they bounce the ball. I, I, I kind of like seeing that because that's something that's been in the rule book for a long time that has seldom been enforced. And it's going to bring some more action to the game because will that person be able to make that handball or make that bounce and maintain control of the ball and then make a kick or handball it off to somebody else? Or will the ball get uh, dislodged and turn over and lead to a, a quick turnaround score? You know, a seven-point difference or seven-point swing there if I got a behind and then I get a goal right after that. I, I Legislate the stuff that's there. Don't start creating new stuff as you go along, okay? I do still think this is the greatest game on the planet, but it's just, it's, it's frustrating to see how arbitrary things can become. And one week, this is emphasized, and then the next week, it's like they forgot the hell about it. They don't even, oh, we're supposed to call that? Oh, yeah, that's right. We'll call that next week. Be consistent. Be consistent. I don't think we can ask for more than that, okay? But also, let them play. Now, actually, in just a few hours, the uh, the largest of the uh, AFLW uh, abbre- the draft combines, the abbreviated ones, because they're they're only, I believe, doing the two two uh, K runs. Uh, there might be a few other activities, but I guess it's simply because the the combine is happening so quickly after the uh, the previous AFLW season having occurred. Uh, there's one happening this evening at 6.30, Wednesday evening, the, the 25th at 6.30 uh, at the Melbourne University track. And there's supposed to be between 40 and 50 prospects that are going to be training there. And there are another dozen or so of these training events are going to be taking place over the next week, week and a half, where uh, these prospective uh, draftees for the AFLW are able to go out and show their their stuff and uh, and hopefully get noticed by one of the eighteen clubs. And I'll tell you, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I did see somebody who uh, posted on Twitter. They said, you know, that it's all, you're always looking for that 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 club that's kind of the evil club that you want to hate in in the in in a comp. And they were looking for one in the AFLW. And and this person kind of alluded to the fact that they thought that might be Essendon. Because Essendon has done a great job of poaching athletes from other clubs, uh, bringing other people into their side. Now, I'm not prepared to make that kind of a statement or anything of that nature there. Now, I did want to let you know, I did sit down on Saturday evening, my time, uh, with uh, Richmond Premiership player John Perry. And John, he also played with the Ruse back in the early 70s as well. And just what an absolutely decent man, a fun conversation, some great stories. Um, 
he had a story about one of my previous guests, uh, Frank Davis, who had been on the podcast, who he had played against. Uh, so, Tony, if you're listening to this, you're definitely going to want to check out this story uh, because it was what it's one that you and I had never discussed previously. So. And maybe you don't know about this, but maybe you do. But it was I was a little surprised by it. So and I'm glad you're here. That's all I'm going to say as far as there being a bit of a hint there. OK, now. I do hope that you'll give it a listen. I'm going to have that out a little bit later on this week. He's hopefully going to help me line up uh, a couple more interviews with some other great uh, legends of the game. In fact, one, and I don't want to say who right now because it's not been confirmed, but one of them is a, is a name of somebody that I was hoping to someday get an opportunity to talk with. Just an abs, an absolute legend of the game. Okay. It just a name that I knew two months into, into following the game. It was a name that was so prevalent. So I'm ecstatic about that. So, you know, John, I cannot wait to bring this episode out for you to hear uh, and for everybody else to hear out as well. Now, as you know, I absolutely enjoy engaging with people from all aspects of the game, whether it be at the community level or at the AFL level or the AFLW level. So if you're somebody who has, you know, a family member who is is a player or it's you who's involved in a club and you got a story to tell, please reach out. You know, sign up on my register as a guest page over on my website at yankonthefooty.com. I have about a week and a half left before my school year ends. And one of the things that I love to do during my summertime, and I'm off then for about 10 weeks uh, as I love to do as many interviews as I possibly can and have these banked and set aside so I can, you know, m- intersperse these into the, uh, the fall and then the, the wintertime here, or the summertime in Australia. So there are great discussions to be shared with people uh, going forward. Okay. So if you're, if you're one of those people, or if you've got a family member that's got a great story, I would love the chance to talk to them. So please consider uh, dropping me a note over on my website, yankonthefooty.com, to help me out with that. Okay, so let's take a look at the uh, games from this round. And uh, you know, I have to tell you, I'm uh, not real thrilled with the way I did this week. You know, I went five and four. I missed out on the Bulldogs, the Eagles, the Lions, and the Dockers. Now I have to admit, I, I changed my Eagles pick. I, I tipped the Eagles while I was recording my preview episode uh, last week. Okay, it was, uh, I'm in the midst of recording it, and I changed my mind from the Giants to the Eagles. I was looking at the, 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 the list, and I'll get into it here in a second. I just, I just thought it was an opportunity for the, the Eagles to finally get a win. Boy, was I wrong. So, first off, I have to tip my cap to the, uh, to the Hawthorne uh, Football Club. What an absolute gritty performance on their part. You know, this is you know, an instance where the, the weather was not great. Um, down in Tasmania, I think it was about nine degrees Celsius. They had over twelve thousand people at the game. Uh, they scored goals on more than one third of their uh, inside fifties. I mean, that was terrific. You know, the Lions, you know, I think are still very much a quality side and are very likely to be a top four finisher. But this was a big win for Hawthorne. This was a big win for Hawthorne. You know, the 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 Lions have got a couple big outs with. Uh, McStay and Danaher being out right now and Hipwood only being back for his second game. So it's going to be a little while before things stabilize with the Lions. But, you know, Hawthorne, great win on your part. Now, I know that this week also there was uh, 
talk again about you know the a club in Ta- a permanent club in Tasmania and people bringing up that well maybe it's going to have to be the ruse that relocate but from everything I hear you know Tasmania wants their own club and the ruse do not want to go there permanently uh, may not be their option you know you never know what's going to happen here uh, but we shall see now one of the other games that kind of just befuddled me it was. Uh, it was the Dockers again, and and maybe I'm learning something about Fremantle here. For the second week in a row, um, it sure looks like and and it looks like ironic kryptonite because here's a club who has an anchor theme in their jumper, who call themselves the Dockers, and don't do well when water is around. You know, send them down below. Well, I I know this. I know that's what the song says, but. Uh, this is two weeks in a row. So, you know, last week they were, you know, up at the Gold Coast. And then this week at home in the wet, they struggled handling the ball and, you know, just did not get things done. Um, and I and I asked a question, you know, this this, this was, uh, you know, the Dockers, you know, they dominated the hitouts, but they were very efficient, you know, when they got the ball inside 50. They, they only kicked a goal 13% of the times they were inside 50. Uh, while the pies were at 20%, but they had 25% more inside 50s, a significant bump up or increase. Now, I, I asked a question in one of the, the, the Dockers uh, message boards on Facebook. I said, because I don't know if this is something that happens or not, or if it, and I don't know if it's, I would think this would be something that would have to be considered or at least thought of because people who are involved in footy are savvy people. But I asked a question anyway, that uh, football teams, gridiron teams here in in the United States and in Canada as well, especially with you know Canada gets into the colder parts of the fall, you know when the weather starts to really get cold and you're playing in uh, you're playing in Edmonton and you're playing in Calgary where the wet, where it's you know minus you know five minus ten Celsius there for a game. Uh, I asked, I said, do clubs train with it's going to come out sounding wrong, but do they train with wet balls? Okay. The balls they're using in the game. I mean, do they, do they, because NFL teams, college football teams here will have a, they'll have a large garbage can or trash can that they, that they use for the purpose. They'll fill it up with water and they'll put the footballs in there and they will practice with those footballs when they're anticipating playing in bad weather. They may water down the grounds to make it something that is a, uh, a good training patch for them, knowing that they're likely going to have to play on a wet ground. Now, and again, I'm not calling out the Dockers here. I'm just, I'm wondering, do clubs around the comp do this sort of thing? Now, I don't know if this is something that happens with, with a multitude of different clubs here uh, with regards to footy, because I, I didn't know. So I, I was just asking that, but you know, you would think that if, if the weather forecast looks like there's going to be rain, that maybe they would want to try to do that sort of thing. And maybe they do that already. I just I just don't know that to be the case, okay? Now, again, I tipped the Eagles. You know, they, they did manage to score more points than eight of the other clubs in the comp this weekend. Unfortunately, also gave up the most points. Gave up 138, I believe, 136 points. The Giants absolutely exploded. Now, they kicked a goal every two and a half times they got the ball two and a quarter times they got the ball inside inside 50. You know, I tipped the Eagles. I looked at the Giants 22. Um, there were a lot of new names. The Eagles had a lot of veterans back, a lot of 
a lot of guys who have premiership medals. And I know that was several years ago. But it's it's almost like the pride in this club seems to be shattered as well. And and I and I don't know. I mean, it's uh, you know, Isaiah Winder, I think it's Winder, you know, kicked three goals. He showed why he's gonna you know, he's only in his fourth game. Uh, showed why he's going to be, a, I think, a key component of this club going forward. You know, the Giants had seven players that kicked two goal, at least two goals. And Stephen Canelio had a phenomenal game with, you know, 36 disposals and seven clearances. Now, I just really thought that the Eagles had a, a shot at, uh, at winning this game. Like I said, I changed my tip as I was recording the other day. I had the Giants initially tipped. I'm taking the loss on it because I ended up tipping the Eagles, but... I changed my mind and I'm, I just, I wonder what's going to go on with the Eagles here. Cause they just seem to be just so beat down. And I don't, I don't know if the Eagles are going to win another game this year. I don't know. Okay. And, you know, and, and I did learn something also this weekend that, that on, on Twitter, being snarky, being sarcastic does not always translate well. Okay, and I and I'm referencing the uh, the Blues and Swans game here. Uh, last week, uh, I was watching the game, and we're approaching halftime. And at that point in time, uh, Charlie Kernow, I believe, had already kicked five goals. So he already had a bag of goals in the first first half. So I asked a question, um, a hypothetical, intending to be humorous, and I thought it was kind of funny. A couple people thought it was funny, but a couple folks took it way more seriously than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I said, so if uh, if he kicks five goals in each half, so he's got two bags of goals, If he, well, I know it would be a big bag. I understand that. I said, would that be considered a trolley full of goals? And I put a little gif of a what we call a grocery, grocery cart or a trolley in there with somebody putting stuff into a grocery cart. I thought it was funny. I had several people that said, no, 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 we don't call it. It's only called a bag of goals. And I was like, I understand. I'm trying to be funny here. And I, and I guess it didn't go over very well. But, you know... Um, Maybe it's the 15,000 kilometers distance where the, the, my attempt at humor was just lost. Uh, but all I can say about the Blues right now is just, wow. I mean, this is a side that is becoming, I don't want to say dominant yet, but becoming really, really good. And you bring Harry McKay back in, you bring Pitnett back in, hopefully by the end of the year. This is a club that I think has a, a strong shot at making the top four. And I don't know if the Bulldogs find their way back in and they get healthy. Again, I, I tip the Bulldogs to win the whole damn thing this year. On paper, the Bulldogs are a very good side. But the Blues might be that dark horse that could come along and, and possibly contend for the premiership. We'll have to see what happens, okay? Um, so if you're, if you're a supporter of the Navy Blues, you've got to be ecstatic about what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George Hewitt, who had a phenomenal performance with 32 disposals and seven tackles and nine clearances as well. Now, yeah, the Cats finally got to come home and play an, uh, another home game, their third in 10 rounds. And I promise I won't bring that up again for the foreseeable future because their schedule, uh, their fixture is definitely backloaded. They've got a lot more games at home. I believe they still have six more, seven more games at GMBHA Stadium this year. Um, Jeremy Cameron, Tyson Stengel, uh, each kick three goals. Has Stengel been an absolute find for them this year? 
I hope they're able to get him uh, signed to a contract extension and uh, add a few more years onto his contract. And uh, Cam Guthrie was great with 38 disposals and 10 clearances. But I'll tell you that the, the player that was great to have back out there, and this is somebody that, you know, that, that we can't, we tend to take for granted as, as cat supporters, because sometimes he disappears. Um, that was Gary Rowan. And, you know, Gary Rowan was, was not dynamic inside 50 with the ball in his hand this week. He can certainly do that, but he had, what was it? Uh, five tackles, seven tackles, I believe during the course of the game, that defensive pressure from that position is something that the cats haven't seen yet this year. This was his first game. They need that kind of pressure. They need to be able to put the opposing player on the deck. So it was absolutely thrilling to see him back out there. Um, Now, I did reach out to uh, supporters from a number of clubs to see what their thoughts were uh, on their club uh, after this round and and what they look at going forward here. Now, some of the folks from Port Adelaide, um, Trevor said that Saturday's result pretty much sums up where we where we are and where we need uh, to become more consistent and competitive to think about fi- to even think about finals. Uh, too many go missing in must-win games. Um, I asked the question. I said, "Is it time to bring you know Charlie Dixon back in? You know, if he's healthy." And Carolyn said, "I wouldn't bring Charlie in. I don't think he moved that well in the Maggie's game. I think the boys need to look at the boots they're wearing. Too many are falling over. Many simple skill errors and too many goals missed. Bring on Essendon." And somebody responded, what sample game are you watching? Obviously not the Maggies. And, and Carolyn then responded, sure was. Didn't you see him limping at times? Obviously not. Uh, and somebody said, his running was very poor. He's not quite ready yet. And somebody said, well, he can't be any worse than Jeremy Finlayson. Uh, so I think once Charlie Dixon gets healthy again, you're probably going to see him back out there. Uh, the Fremantle supporters... Uh, somebody said, you know, there's no real answer. Who knows? We can only be true to our team and, and be constant supporters. And, and again, that that first and foremost, that is our definitely our role as supporters for our clubs. We definitely need to be there, you know, looking out for and supporting our club. Um, uh, Wilma said, yes, people jump off and, and uh, are quick to criticize the club after they have an off game or two. And somebody then responded, how about an off 15 years or two? So I picked up on that sarcasm there, that snarkiness there. Um, Michael said, replay the game and you will have the answers that you seek. Watching it live was painful. Actually watching last week was also nothing to do with conditions when the opposition can play well on the day. You can't win all the time, but if you expect to win a premiership in the next two years, you should have a fortress at home. Pretty sure the club made a statement about premierships. And, uh... Somebody and again, kind of following up what I'd said previously, yeah, you know, pretty pure and simple. Turn the bloody sprinklers on at training. We don't play well in the wet. We obviously proved that last week and again this week. Um, Wayne said, uh, need some players that are harder over the ball, but just can't be about leg speed. No doubt, Fife gives us this, but we need a few more across the lot. Each line, Walker probably should have played. And uh, Brett said, can't play in the wet. WA teams rarely can as they don't train in the conditions like those over east this has always been uh the case but frio style is particularly vulnerable want to see this in action in a more extreme fashion send the eagles to geelong or tazzy making it freezing as well as wet and you'll see a hundred point margin i think if you send the eagles to you know if you send geelong to 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 play at opposite against the eagles or you send you know 
I think the Bulldogs are there this week. You, you might see a 100-point difference there as well. Um, and we got into the uh, – let me see. We had a lot of responses from the Fremantle supporters there. Uh, let me scroll down here to the uh, supporters from – I only had one response from a Hawthorne supporter. Best part was that we didn't start well and finish poorly. The team effort was seen throughout the game. Uh, the Bulldogs supporters, again, got that big win against uh, Gold Coast. Uh, Richards has the markings of an Easton Woods. West is also a hard worker, and somebody responded, well, Richards has more skills than Easton Wood. Uh, Michael said, for mine, the most pleasing thing to come out of the game against the Sun was the return to form of Bailey Williams. He'd been miserable. He had a miserable season until that game. Not many weak links in our, in our team now. The Bont may have gained his first Brownlow vote for the season as well. Another welcome return to form. If Optus continues to look slippery, only change should be Tim English to replace Sweet. If drive and keep Sweetie in, see how we go with two Ruckman. Who to drop? None. But if Zane, but it, but Zane may need, may need or may like to have a rest. And Steve said a solid win against the Sun should stu- should thump a struggling Eagle side, set uh, to set up a, v- a vital winnable game against the Cats. Well, I'm not sure I agree with that there, Steve. But that's neither here nor there. Heading into the bye. Uh, returning important players in the doggies uh, will be a serious contender come finals time. Woof, woof, woof. Now, I don't disagree with that there. I th- I, I do think that the that the Bulldogs are going to find their way back in the finals. They've had a lot of injuries, okay? Josh Bruce is still going to be coming back in here before the season is out. You talk about bringing in a, a great weapon to come in later in the season once he's back healthy again, okay? And, and he's going to take time to round into form just like Hipwood is going to take with Brisbane. Um and uh, looking at the cat supporters, uh, Frank said, uh, "Good day, Craig. In my opinion, I feel we are slowly going backward, and our list is is transitioning as our older guys are tiring, and our mid-range players are not developed enough to help the older guys. And we are throwing our young kids to the lions, and we want to mature them before they're ready. But I'm not writing us off. We still have injuries, and the hope of uh, big Johnny Segler may just be the shot in the arm we need in the ruck department. With all due respect to Stanley, but the poor guy has been battling for years." People don't realize uh, that Reese was a center half forward ruck with the Saints, and we only got him because we needed needed big men. And I'm worried we might be doing the same thing with Asava as he was drafted as a tall forward and had no ruck experience until he came to the club. I was I feel we're putting unwanted pressure on both of these these lads as being a ruckman, which is second nature to them. I oh, and then he asked about, hey, you do a podcast, so I, I did share that information as well. Uh, Patrick said, we're slowly but surely getting our DNA back and showing why Geelong has been a powerful club for years. Plus the best is yet to come with our, uh, yet to get on the field, uh, soon. So looking forward to a lot of joy in the future. And Troy, who I had on the, the podcast recently said, I'm not enjoying our sluggish starts and inaccuracies on the scoreboard. Yeah. A lot of behinds, a lot of behinds there, folks. So I, uh. I do want to thank all of you who reached out. And again, this is, you know, me simply dropping a note on the different uh, social media platforms on Facebook and getting responses. I appreciate you reach, you know, sharing your thoughts. I love sharing your thoughts as well. Uh, well, again, while I'm a cat supporter, I do love learning the ins and outs of the other clubs. And that's one of the things that I think that this process is helping me do because, you know, it's helping me learn, you know, more about the depth of your club beyond just my cats. Okay. Uh, I tip my cap to you who reached out, who responded and I'm trying to rotate through different clubs. So it's not always the same clubs. And I know, I know I talked to the Fremantle people last week. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what round 11 brings and I'll be working on my tips for that here soon. 
Don't forget that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at yank underscore on and on Facebook. Just look for a yank on the footy podcast and over on Instagram at a yank on the footy. Now, many of you have already visited my website and gotten on the mailing list at yankonthefooty.com. I do encourage you to ask your friends to check it out if they enjoy footy. They may want to get signed up there as well. So when new episodes come out, you have it in your inbox within about 60 seconds of when that episode is released before anybody else. And, uh, you know, that would be fantastic. I'd love to get that to you as quick as possible because some of the information is a little bit more timely, but uh, it's not always the case. But, uh, folks, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Uh, we're fans of our clubs, as we saw evidence there with uh, Jim White tonight. Uh, you know, we love this game. We want to see what's best for this game. Are these 50-meter penalties what's best for the game? Are these uh, umpire abuse things what's best for the game? I know you're listening, Brad Scott. I know you're listening. Put the dartboard away, sir. Uh, but, folks, I do hope you'll consider sharing a link to the podcast or your favorite episode of the podcast with your friends and family. I thank you for the kind words of support, uh, the reviews. Again, if you want to leave a review for the podcast, that would be a huge help. It lets me... Uh, share with others uh, what people think of the show, hopefully garner new listenership. Uh, folks, as always, and we saw several of these this week, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 170 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yank on the footy at gmail.com on Instagram at yank on the footy or over on Facebook. Just look for A Yank on the Footy podcast. And folks, I do hope you'll check out the website at yankonthefooty.com. Thanks for listening and hopefully you'll share the episode. And until next time, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye. <laughs>